What's up, everybody? This is episode 65 of the Follow You Anywhere podcast. I've got Cam with me, and we got a special guest. Cam, who we got in here with us today? We got our boy Tanner in the house. Tanner in the house. In the house. That's an interesting last name. I've not ever <laughs> heard of Tanner in the house. You, you haven't? No, huh? That's interesting. In the house. What is that? Uh, is that Portuguese or it's something? French. French. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we got Tanner Gidry with us. He's our new student pastor. Excited to have him on board on the podcast today. You threw me off. I was I was trying to adjust levels, and, <laughs> and you caught me off guard. <laughs> I'm always catching you off guard, but... That's another podcast for another day. This is uh, that's, follow- that's the ev- that's every episode. <laughs> uh, this is follow you anywhere, and we want to talk student ministry. We're excited to have Tanner on board with us at IBC as our new student pastor. God's doing some huge things here through him and Brooke uh, as they're leading our students and, and ministering to our next generation. We've got some specific questions about student ministry. But before we jump into that, Tanner, just want to hear your story of how you followed God wherever he led, and it led you here to IBC Pace, Florida. Your abbreviated story, let's there put it that go. way. Awesome. Yeah. So first off, just thankful to be on the podcast with you guys today, talking about student ministry. Um, and, you know, as we, we think about, you know, the story of God getting me and, and my wife, Brooke, here um, to, to lead the students at Emmanuel, man, is... Um, really interesting story. I mean, it was it was a long journey. There was a lot of a lot of prayer and uh, questioning uh, into that process, and um, really just asking God if this was this was was the place for us that we were supposed to be investing our our time and energy in these students here. And um, you know, I was a college pastor before this and uh, loved it over there. Grew up in Louisiana, got to minister in Louisiana, and go Tigers! Yeah, go Tigers! Woo! Big Sui. Yeah, you're outnumbered right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, dude, you're, you're, you're in surrounded. Trouble. Yeah, that's why the Pig Sui wasn't as forceful. You heard that Pig Sui? Yes, yeah. because <laughs> I got two Tiger fans right, right, right around me. Trying side of you, and you're sitting on a gold couch. I know. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. So, continuing on in that, um, you know, me and my wife Brooke got married this past October, and um, as we we're just, you know, seeking God for where we're headed in our life. Um, we really started praying and just asking God, you know, wh- what's next for us? And in our own hearts, if it was up to us, we really kind of boiled down to two places we would like to be. Um, and those two places were either Colorado or Florida. And we just were very much like, God, if, if it's up to us, we'd like to end up in Colorado or Florida. And it was really cool because as we were, you know, really praying and saying, okay, God, now what is it that you want for us? Um, in those same weeks, got a message from Pastor Cam saying, hey, is, is there any interest here? Would you be open to at least discussing this? And so we talked on the phone and uh, talked about what it would look like, talked about the area. And so me and Brooke just started really pressing in and praying, saying, God, is, is this it? And then got the opportunity to meet other staff members and, and get to visit the church and talk to people. Um, and over and over and over and over again, God confirmed, this is the place that I'm placing you, that I want to send you. Um, and so there was, there was a lot of questions that come after that. And after we got confirmation from God, um, that this is where we're supposed to go on. All right, how's this actually going to happen? How's the money going to work out? How's the move going to work out? You know, all the questions and, um, through all that, God again confirmed, I got this, this is where you're going. He made the way 
And so we showed up of the 1st of May um, and just have loved it. It's been an awesome journey. And um, now that we're a few months down the road um, and, and can take a little bit of a breath after that big move and all of that, um, again, God confirming, this is exactly where I got you. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know the, the Colorado correlation, too, because, you know, Courtney and I were like in Colorado when we had like our final conversation with Jeremy before we met in person for the first time. Oh, wow. And uh, and we, too, were looking at either. Well, we weren't looking at Florida, but we were just looking at the mountains. Yeah. Tennessee or Colorado or what that could potentially look like. And then along came Florida. That's crazy. You know, there's another correlation here that I was thinking about. I wonder if the Broncos coach was deciding between Florida and Colorado. I think the Broncos fans are wishing right now he would have chose Florida over Colorado. (laughs) You're just salty. Oh, man. This, this is, is terrible. Why, this is why we can't play fantasy. This is right. terrible. Salty, just salty. It brings out a different side. It what does. What kind of idiot kicks a 64-yard field goal when you pay that much money for the quarterback to come in? I mean, to be fair, he only missed it by like a yard left. It was a 64-yard field goal, and you got Russell Wilson that you paid all that money for. It's true, but hey. Yeah. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. (laughs) But uh, we are excited to have uh, both of you here who both chose Florida over Colorado or Tennessee or any of those other less godly states. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just kidding. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. But The beach uh, is nice, though. The the beach is nice. It's pretty nice. It is. And uh, I believe God has got... Big plans for both of you. God's got big plans for our church. I'm excited to see how that's all going to come to fruition. And uh, just to to celebrate how God brought you both here and um, uh, how how God is using you. Uh, I've got I've got something that I want to I want to play just to to celebrate that. Hold on just a second here. Let's see. What is happening? How the anticipation is... It's so much different with another person in the room. Unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody listening knows what that is. Uh, They don't because that's not the Florida fight song either. They're like, what what is happening? Yeah, so... uh, That's the Arkansas fight song. For those that... uh, For those that didn't listen to my story, I did not come from... LSU country. I came from the great state of Arkansas. Go Razorbacks. That's quite subjective. I was going to say, it could potentially be LSU country. I mean, they've been pretty dominant, you know, so. Oh, yeah. But uh, Arkansas says this is the year. This is their season. Hey, we'll see. It's uh, definitely looking better for them than LSU right now. Their season to... To get beat by Alabama and to have Alabama still go on to play Georgia in the SEC championship. We, we'll see how it goes. We'll Keep see talking how it smack. Goes. You're going to lose to Appalachian State. <laughs> uh, no, but I know who did. It's true. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, you know, thinking about student ministry, Tanner, we just want to start off and hear 
your heart behind student ministry and talk to us about why student ministry is important to you. Man, absolutely. Uh, so for me, man, my story started in that in that age range of, of student ministry. Um, I didn't necessarily grow up going the traditional church route and uh, going to church with the fam every week. And so um, the the reason, a, a huge reason why I am here today, where I am today, um, is because of faithful servants of youth ministers when I was in high school. Um, and so, man, I I moved to a new city in my freshman year of high school and. Um, it was a brand new place, didn't know anybody, and didn't really know how to get plugged in or anything like that, man. And, and two student pastors, a, a husband and a wife, they um, really took the time to just invest in me, to show me that, that they love me, uh, that they care for me, and, and teach me you know, what the Bible says about who God is. And so through that, um, God radically changed my life in those four years of high school and so, man, as as I reflect on how God's worked in my life, and that man, it was it's one of my greatest blessings of my life to be able to to pour that back out into students uh, today. And you know, I think back to that age range, middle school and high school, and the things that they're um, that they're learning, their bodies developing, um, their worldviews developing, and all of that, and just how crucial it is for really who they become down the road. Um, and I think it's so crucial that they have people that, that are pouring into them, that love them, that can relate to them, um, and, and communicate the truth of the gospel in a way that's going to take fruit in their life. And so, man, it's, it's such a joy and a blessing for me to be able to be in this position today. Never would I have thought uh, 10 years ago that I'd be here today, um, but God has just really showed up in that. That's awesome. And, and I love how you talk about... Um, how it was an example that was set before you that kind of not only showed you what right looks like, but it also inspired you to follow God in that same way. Uh, I think about the Apostle Paul, you know, he says this several times, but probably not any more clear than in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 when he says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And and that's really what discipleship is, right? We enter into a personal relationship with God through Christ. And when we do that, it is us committing, all right, I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. I'm going to follow him wherever he leads. And, And what happens is when we make that decision, he begins to lead us down a path. And that path is conforming us to look more like Jesus, but it's also as we grow in our walk with God, it is giving us opportunities to influence others. Mm. And just as those that have gone before us have set an example for us, now as we grow in Christ, we set an example for others. And and that's exactly you know what you're doing in, in student ministry, but you get to do it full time. You saw that in someone else that was passionate about student ministry, and they were willing to invest in you. Now you have that same passion and you're willing to invest in others. And the cool thing to think about is that as you pour into these students, there are going to be some students that end up doing the same thing because of the example you set for them, they're going to follow Christ and you're going to make the a difference in a lot of students' lives. But some 
will probably even follow after the ultimate example you're talking about, go into full-time student ministry, and the cycle continues. And so it's so cool to think about in terms of both Christianity and full-time ministry. Uh, There's a discipleship process that takes place in both. And I know that uh, Cam shared his story um, just uh, uh, actually right before we took a break for the summer uh, about someone very close to him that set that example for him Mm. and and made a difference in his life as it relates to, to music ministry and just ministry in general, serving others. And so there's that general uh, follow after those examples that God gives us as we follow Christ and we go, grow as Christians. But then there's a, that also that specific discipleship that takes place when you see ministry leaders set the example through investing in others, and then those others begin to have that same passion right. and start pouring in to the next group that's then going to become passionate about pouring into the next group. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopping, hopping into this, uh, this, it's kind of a softball question, but it's also kind of a challenging question at the same time. What is, in your opinion, the best part of student ministry? Oh, good question. Yeah, so so many great things about student ministry, right? So many awesome things to celebrate and be excited for and thankful for. Um, but of course, the the best thing I think about student is ministry working with great pastors like me. Is exactly what I was going to say. He read my mind. <laughs> I thought he was going to talk about like us getting to work together. Right, like, it's on, the whole team. It's, it's the whole team kind of thing, you know. You know, I don't think he's going to say either one of those. Actually, I mean, as good as those are, there's probably some some others that maybe take top priority. I don't know. We work together in student ministry at events, and now mm. we get to do it every day. Mm. Mm, that's good. I've got an idea. Let's see what he says. <laughs> I mean, Number one thing about him. student ministry is <laughs> got to be, got to be, got to be every time seeing breakthrough in students' lives. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. And and that that can be. Practically uh, several different things, uh, but knowing that a student that was once one way has gotten breakthrough and is now showing fruit in a new way in their life Mm. is the greatest part of student ministry. And so rather that be salvation and putting their faith in Jesus for the first time, laying something down before Christ, um, or taking on a new step in their journey, whatever it is, that breakthrough is the most exciting and rewarding thing for student ministry for me. So, and one thing I want to talk about real quick, you talked about like seeing breakthrough in students and obviously seeing breakthrough in anybody's life is, um, you know, in, in incredibly important and it's something to celebrate. But one thing that I want to like touch on just for a second is just how important it is in students' lives Mm -hmm. to see that breakthrough. Um, if you've been in the church culture or you've been around, especially around student ministry, you've, you've heard some of these numbers before. Um, but this was a 2019 study and, um, and, and looking at the, the percentage of students that attend church regularly, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have salvation or that they are, um, or that, you know, they're, they're going to spend eternity with Jesus or they're not still, uh, 
struggling, um, but it, it gives us a, an, an idea of their commitment to at least attending church and being involved. And typically that involvement is a, is a good sign. Um, and, uh, but, but it, it looks like um, that, that that number uh, of students um, that once they turn 18, that number plummets mm-hmm. to them uh, being in church. Uh, and then um, and then once they get into their 20s, that number just is on a, a steady decline. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is extremely valuable and so critical to, to not only to your ministry, but also to the, the ministry and the, the success of, of the church as a whole moving yeah. forward to have students see breakthrough in their lives. Um, looking at uh, 66% of students that once they get to the 18 to 19 range, uh, leave church at least for a year. Right. Um, and we know that beyond that, that, that number um, continues to, to fall. Um, 69%, this was 2019, 69% said that they were attending at age 17. And then uh, 58, once they got to age 18, and then it drops to 40% at age 19. And then it says that um, once they reach their 20s, that only one of three yeah. will attend church regularly. And, uh, and so just a, just a crazy thing to look at that. So obviously, uh, breakthrough, uh, in any age demographic is, is important and is exciting and we're celebrating, but there's something about students making a decision that's not only life changing, but it's literally life altering yeah. from a physical standpoint, a spiritual standpoint and, you know, an eternity standpoint. Yeah. But so just thought that that was, uh. Yeah, man, Super and as cool. you as you hear those statistics, those those are horrifying statistics to think about. I mean, in 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 the global and the bigger picture of this, and um, you know, as as student ministers, we have to realize that we are not trying to build a huge youth group. We're trying to disciple students to to yeah. live a life after Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To to become self feeders to where they will. Um, they will pursue Christ on their own. We're not trying to um, be the only ones that are feeding them, but we're trying to train them in a way that they're going to seek Christ for the rest of their life outside, after we may never see them again. Yeah. But, you know, those as we think about those statistics, man, it can be um, very scary to think about. And, you know, that age range, 18 and up, um, you know, they're either starting college or work or starting their families and things like that. And if they're not plugged into the church, man, they're... They're going to be influenced by all kinds of things in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the most crucial stages of our lives, we see <clears throat> we see that students are leaving uh, the church. And so, yeah. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let, let's switch gears and let's think about the opposite. So Cam was asking about the best part of student ministry. What about the worst Part of student ministry, easy. All the pizza oh that is involved Come in on. student ministry, man. I I, I can't amen. eat pizza. Come I don't on. like it. It don't matter if it's Domino's, Little Caesar, none of it. Can't do pizza. Student ministry lives off of pizza. It's true. Yeah. It, what kind it, of student pastor doesn't like pizza? Well, the so ones weird. that get burnt out on it. Oh, and, and the same thing. <laughs> I gotta echo that with you. I like pizza. I still eat it on the reg, but but they like to do the same thing for for bands too. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Show up to events and they're like, "We got pizza tonight." And we're like, "We had pizza for the last twelve days." Yeah. 
Everybody wants to do pizza. So let me ask you, did you not like pizza when you were in, in student ministry? Like you were a student? Did you like pizza? I've then? never liked pizza. Oh, see, all yeah, there's no burnout. It's yeah. just, just it's disgusting. A, it's a weird. Yeah, I mean, he's weird as far as that's concerned. <laughs> but but we knew that. We're not. I'm not trying to highlight that. You know, I just. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, on a on a more serious <laughs> note, for just a sec, um, worst part of student ministry on the flip side of, of what we said was the best, seeing the breakthrough. Um, is when we see students stuck in in traumatic experiences mm-hmm. or um, either they're caught up in something or they're experiencing something and we feel like there's not a lot that we can do to help. Yeah. Um, and, and when they feel like they're stuck. Yeah. And, you know, if we can just be real for a second, um, student, uh, uh, students are experiencing things in their lives earlier than generations past. Hey, yeah. don't jump my don't jump my next question now. I got I got. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, they're experiencing <laughs> things. They are experiencing dark things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That I think we can be a little naive to at times. Um, and when you know that these students are dealing this, whether it be in the home, at school, in in their own hearts or their own minds, um, and they feel helpless, it's it's a very it's a very damaging thing to walk through with them, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. So, and it's hard for, it's hard for anybody, but they're not adults yet. So like right. they're exposed to the adult world. Mm. Um, but at times not only are they not mature enough to, to really deal with those situations. A lot of times they don't have because the people around them, aren't mature enough right. to be encouragers and instead they're influencing them in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. They're enabling them to walk in seasons of darkness or depression. Um, and, and you find that, that they get into this cycle to where they don't have support in the school. They're walking through things that they're not equipped to deal with. And then a lot of times, if that's the case, it's because they haven't been put in a good environment because they don't have the support from their parents Absolutely. that they need on a spiritual side yeah. of things. You know, their parents might support them great financially. You know, they might give them everything that they want, which uh, that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> but sometimes that could be the opposite of what they need. Right. And I know you see that in student ministry as well. But it's like, okay, you don't have the spiritual support from the 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 parent. You don't have the spiritual support from the friends and they're not prepared to deal with what they're dealing with, and that's a heavy burden for oh, you yeah. as the student pastor because you kind of become, you and your student leaders become the the one or the ones that are trying to help them carry mm-hmm. that burden when everyone else is either not there to be found or to help or worse, they're actually adding to that burden. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so I want to I want to play off what you were talking about in that regard. We know that it's always joked about, you know, uh, it ain't like it used to be, or you know, back in my day, like those, you know, our parents and grandparents and everybody's aunt and uncle and grandparents love to to say that kind of stuff. 
but in in especially in, in ministry and in culture and in technology, yeah, that's truer probably now more than ever. ever. Yep. Um, so let's talk about that for a second, uh, since you you know kind of looked at that a second ago. Um, what is it? What is the culture for students right now? You know, in that that middle school to high school range. Um, you know that are that are. That, that really is different than maybe from when you and I were in high school or from when Jeremy was in high school and, you know, stuff like that. Like what, what is going on culturally right now? Yeah, man. I mean, the biggest thing is going to be technology. Like you mentioned, yeah. it is, it has blown up since I was in high school. Um, I mean, and I, I grew up in the time where, um, at a very young age, I still had dial up and I remember the yeah. dial up scenario. Yep. But then in high school, the iPhones were huge. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like a, a lot happened in those years. And today, the, the, the kids that are being born are born into a world that is completely technology ran. Yeah. And so they didn't, they didn't have a transition period in their life. They're, they grew up on an iPad, right? Yeah. And so um, technology is, is really ravaging every part of culture within students in some kind of a way, is having yeah. some kind of effect. And, you know, it's technology has its great benefits. I mean, we, we can do so much more, so much faster than we've ever been able to do because of technology. Um, but when you think on that, think about that in a, a, a individual um, kind of context, not only are, is it making things faster and getting more done, but it's also um, controlling what their personal image to the world is. Yeah. yeah. You know, used to, you can make a mistake and people forget about it. Nowadays, everything being recorded and mm. posted and, and TikToked and all of this, you, you can't escape mistakes that you've made yeah. um, as easy. And then also with that, um, you know, you, you, you want to put your best face forward out there. And I think across every generation, we want people to, to see our best side. Sure. Mm-hmm. But when you have a platform that you can edit, manipulate, throw a filter on, um, and and be, be very strategic in your image that you're putting out there, then it does something to your psyche that, mm-hmm. that really just changes your perspective of your life. Yeah. And so between self-image and, and self-worth and, and um, followers and friends and popularity and all these things that are constantly seeking after the attention of these students, yeah. you, you have to approach how you disciple and present the gospel with all of those things in mind, because they every single day it's surrounding them. Hmm. Um, then too, and and this may not be as different as the past um, as as some of the other as technology, um, but we live in this this roast culture too, where it's it's funny to make lighthearted roasts to each other, but at the same time they they have a little bit of truth in them oh, to yeah, where it's they're damaging still, damaging man, yeah. and and. We don't ever want to act like our feelings are getting hurt over yeah. these kind of things, but deep down we we hold on to those. And so for students, man, things that are seen as normal mm-hmm. or appropriate are actually causing them to to get into depression or anxiety yeah. or yeah. isolation or um, poor self worth and these things. And so, man, the it's it's hard to bridge that gap between what culture says about a student. And what the gospel says about a student, yeah, in a way that they're gonna believe it, like understand it, and yeah. do something with it. Yeah, yeah. I will never forget. Um, I like we were 
at the dinner table, I believe, uh, we were, we weren't having dinner, but we were just like at the table. We were at Courtney's parents' house and Courtney has a little sister. And at the time, I think she was like 10, maybe 11. And she had friends and I don't remember if they were still at the house or if they had just left the house, but the conversation came up. They were dogging each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were talking and I was, I was like, where are I thought y'all were friends. And they're like, Oh, we are, we're having a good time. And I'm like, (laughs) This ain't normal. Uh, like brutal. This is not like this is this is not okay. Like you're you're dragging each other through the mud and yep. and like being you're being mean to each other. And they're like, nah, we're just playing. And I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. This is not yeah. normal. This is not I did not like these were fighting words like back, you know, oh, when yeah. I was growing up. And, and look, man, I, I I played football in high school. We had the locker room talk, you sure. know, those smack but talk. The Nothing smack wrong with a little talk, smack talk. That's all good of that stuff. good isn't stuff, that. right? This isn't that. But this is not the same thing uh-huh. at all. No. And so, man, it's it's hard. And then um, you know, thinking culturally as well for students all, all across the board. Um over and over again students they they want to have purpose they mm-hmm. want to have they they are the generation we're we're seeing in students right now they're all about a good cause right yeah what they define as a good cause they want to be a part of something bigger they want mm-hmm. to um have have meaning to their life they just seek that out in a lot of the wrong things yeah and so culturally um it's it's our, our students are being influenced in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. They can be exposed to anything in the world right now yeah. mm-hmm. by a simple Google search. Mm-hmm. And it's all about their image, all about what people think of them and um, how they value what, who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about the passage of scripture in first John to uh, kind of talking about what you're talking about with, just this presentation of things and being so much different than what reality is. And when John wrote this, he said in first John two sixteen, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world and the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So he talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. In other words, all these things that are trying to distract us from God's perfect plan for us and all of these things that are trying to take us away from this this life that honors God. And those things have always been persuasive, like the, the lust of the flesh and, and the things that the eyes tend to, to focus on. Those have always been temptations. But now those temptations are exaggerated tremendously because now it's not just someone it's the perfect version of someone and it's the perfect version of someone being presented on pretty much every social media platform like i was talking to my d group about this um tuesday night it's like man i i can't even use social media anymore without some kind of temptation of someone that's like trying to present themselves in an inappropriate way. I was telling them I, uh, I downloaded Reddit. Okay. For, for like Uh stock advice, mistake stock advice. It asked me to download the app. I I was reading an article about stocks Mm -hmm. and it asked me to download the app. I download the app. What happens? 
I start getting see stocks, random women <laughs> sending messages through something that's supposed to be a, a news app. Like right. you're supposed to be getting information. That was not information. Mm, 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 and uh, so, but that's the world we live in where, and it's not, it's not people presenting themselves in a way that it's like, okay, they're just seeking attention. No, they're like, they're, they're just putting themselves out there mm-hmm. and, and the most, tempting and seductive way possible. And at the same time, the Bible still says, walk in purity, guard your heart, Um, you know, be, be faithful for students to your future spouse. And you throw that in on top of all of the political division and the racial divides and the broken families that have been corrupted by all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's a mess. Yep. And that's what they're walking through. Yep. And uh, that's the culture that we live in. We were talking about this earlier when it came to um, uh, worship ministry and kind of the, the after production editing and kind of the presentation of sure. what we thought was a live stream. And we're like, oh, man, they're killing it. And then uh, I'm not going to mention the church name, but we went back and listened to the live stream and they were not killing it, but the the actual editing made it seem like, oh wow, they're they're dynamic. But that's just an example of all of these different ways that they're putting out a much different presentation of of themselves or what it is that that they're trying to present that's not realistic. Right. But then you've got your students and adults. I mean, but we're talking about student ministry. But they're trying to live up to that, and it's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll also even say, too, I mean, students are in a, in a day and age where I, b- I believe that everyone deals with it, but students will have to deal with it more often and for longer than any of us ever had to. Um, the instant gratification culture. Yeah. Um, you know, TikTok and uh, Snapchat, all those things that are here and gone, you know, mm-hmm. instantly. And I know like TikTok and stuff like that, you can do longer videos and those types of things, but it's it's hit me with what you got and hit it fast mm-hmm. and then go, go to the next thing. And then on top of that, like the sexuality and the sexual culture weaves itself into that. And then it's, it's, Oh, I can get what I want, get it now. And then I'm done. And I move on to the next thing, you know? Um, and, and students and adults and people, they've, they've struggled with, like you talked about lust and sexuality and sex and stuff like that for, for forever. Um, but it's become so normalized it's normal. and it's become yeah. so accessible. It used like, to be taboo. That's like right. If you wanted to look at pornography, right. you were, you were getting, you know, your dads or your friends right. or your, you know, somebody's playboys that's or right. whatever other magazines and you know things like that, mm-hmm. you know, you were, you were finding them and you were hiding them now. And there are people that are being paid for that purpose. Right. And there was a, a certain selection of individuals that were willing to put themselves out there for money. Right. Now people are doing it for free, yeah. like just throwing their stuff out there. I will also say that some of them are doing it for a whole lot of money and it's sad. It's so sad. There's a guy there and I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but it's just the culture. Like there's a, there's a guy that, you know, has a video series where he runs up to people that have really nice cars. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and he says, Hey, what do you do for a living? Yep. Yep. 
so many of them are girls. Oh yeah, that have OnlyFans. OnlyFans. I've watched them. Not the OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> the, the videos you're talking about. <laughs> the car videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify. <laughs> That's the funniest podcast moment. <laughs> funniest, funniest podcast moment we've had in 64 episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah, OnlyFans. I'll watch it. Like, <laughs> you the car girl. You the car girl. <laughs> you know but, what the other ones are? Crypto. And, and real they estate. invested yep. in crypto. Crypto and real estate. It's if, like, man, if, every time I invest in crypto, it drops like 50%. That's like, right. <laughs> if they're older, like middle aged and older, it's real estate. Yep. If they're younger, it's OnlyFans and crypto. Yep. Well, if they're guys, it's crypto. If they're girls, it's OnlyFans. Yeah. And it, it's so sad because, I mean, part of it is like the culture is like, yeah, go get it. Like, if people are willing to be weird and pay you to do this kind of stuff, and it's not that you're having sex with them or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like there's just some weird things out there, Yeah, but you're making buku amount of money. The culture's like, go get it, you know? Mm. And that's making money off of feet fetishes. That's that's weird. Yeah. That's the culture we live in. That's weird. But that's hard to fight against. That's yeah. hard to persuade mm-hmm. against. Like where do you go? I mean, obviously it's, it's lust and it's, and it's weird. And so there's plenty of things to go scripturally against that and to teach that and to disciple. But it's, but, but when you're sitting down with a, a 16 year old or a 17 year old or 18 year old or, you know, whatever, and, and they're seeing, man, these people are making thousands and thousands of dollars by taking pictures of their feet. Why, why would I not do that? Why would I not be involved in that? You're like, well, Jesus wouldn't want you to <laughs> like, why? Well, you know, like where is that foot scripture, you know, and that kind no. of thing. And it's just that they're, they're just being bombarded and, and that's crazy. And so I know it's not in order, but I, I want to tag onto that. In your opinion, obviously there's no perfect um, safeguard and, you know, that kind of stuff, unless we're completely, Amish. Delete every app yeah. that we possibly can. What What do you think? Um, what do you think? Parents, guardians, people that are involved in students' lives. What can they do to help fight against the culture that they're in? Obviously, like you said, the culture and the things that we have provided to us can be assets and mm-hmm. can be tools for the gospel yep. because in this exact same light, the gospel can go further and wider and louder than it ever has before That's right. through social media, mm-hmm. through the culture, through those pipelines and people listen. I mean, you have social media people that are essentially nobodies if social media doesn't exist, but because it does, they're influencers mm-hmm. and they can influence for Christ. They can influence for the gospel that's just not happening as much as the other stuff is. So how do we how do we help them survive that instant gratification culture and and all of the other bombardments? How do we help them with that without trading in all of our technology and going to live on a farm somewhere? Yeah, yeah so t- looking at it for for the perspective of the parents, the ones that spend the most time with the kids than anybody else. Right. And the the biggest thing, first and foremost, as you are trying to be a parent that is going to influence your student for the gospel, even outside of fighting against culture, first and foremost, you have to model what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is first, students can tell when you're when you're fake. They can tell when you say things, but don't do things that you say. 
Um, and so it, it can be easy to, to take kids to church week in and week out, make it a priority to show up to the building. But until your life models the things that you're trying to teach your kids, mm-hmm. your influence over your kids are going to be impacted. Right. And so, you know, if that means reading your Bible in the, in the, the living room, uh, doing your personal time with God in the living room where students uh, are just, you know, doing their normal chores or, or waking up and doing their things around the house, model that, show mm-hmm. that to them. Um, the way you act at a restaurant to the server, model that to your kids, right? It's, it's all of your life. You have to model the things of the gospel, of the things of Jesus, um, to them for you to actually have impactful influence over them. Um, and then going past that on a more, on a, on a practical sense, um, looking at technology, especially, um, do your research, do your research. There's, um, I, I can promise you there's probably parents listening to this right now that have no idea about, Inst- or about TikTok, that have no idea about how it works, how the algorithm works, how what videos are getting put before your kids and why those videos are being the ones put before your kids. They pro- there's probably many that are listening to this that have no idea about how Snapchat automatically deletes pictures after they're sent mm-hmm. um, and, and so many other practical things that go with social media. Do your research. Know how these things work. I promise you the students know how they work. They know how to hide the things they want to hide from you. They know how to keep a secret the things that need to keep a secret. And they know how to make it obvious the things you want to hear for you to see them if you go searching through their phone or whatever. And so do your research. That's the first and most important thing. Um, next, set boundaries and communicate those boundaries with your kids. Hey, you... you you might get some backlash from your kids if you limit how much how many hours they get on Instagram or TikTok or whatever each day. But that's okay. They can be upset with you. They can have tension with you. And hopefully our prayer is, is that, um, you know, years down the road, they see that and they understand that because one day they're going to be in a family and going through the same thing. Um, and so, but it's huge that you communicate that if you're going to go through your kids' phones, tell your kids, Hey, I'm going to go through your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and be consistent with that. You know, if you tell, if you're going to put limitations on your kids' devices, tell your kids you're going to put limitations on their devices. Don't be, don't be sneaky or, or, or try to be tricky in your approach to it. Communicate those, set the boundaries, make them clear and, and stay on top of it. And, uh, yeah, because chances are they're probably smarter than you are. Oh yeah, when it comes to technology, oh, yeah. it's like you think you're being slick. It's like they know. They're, they're four steps ahead of you. Absolutely, they, they already know what you put on their phone. Right, and so just like there's there's several apps for um, students to be engaging with people all over the world. There's also several several apps and and technologies that can help you keep track of mm-hmm. those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and now between you know things like covenant eyes that really focus on yep, on yep. pornography and mm-hmm. and things like that um to find friends that keeps you know location and yep, stuff yep. like that so you know where your students are or life 360 mm-hmm. there's tons of resources out there but until you do your research and you get familiar um you're going to struggle and as parents we have to be willing to go where our kids are yeah even if it's not something that we may enjoy ourselves and so um, in that, you know, constantly reminding your kids of truth, living the truth, yeah. um, modeling that and um, encouraging them on the way. And look, 
there, there's a high chance that if you're a parent listening to this, your student is going to fall into some of these things we've talked yeah. about. We, mm-hmm. we could be real about that. Your students are being influenced by it. And there's a high chance that they're going to fall into some of these traps as well. And so when we, when we find ourselves at this place where our kid has fallen into that, mm-hmm. the way you respond in that time is absolutely crucial. Mm. If it's only condemnation without any encouragement or without any belief in them, mm-hmm. then the student's going to push you away and they're not going to want to be influenced by you in, in the future with that. Right. Yeah. And so we, we have to, yes, we hold them to our, that standard that we have set, mm-hmm. but we do it in a way that we, we believe in them, we encourage them, and we support them in that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it can be easy sometimes to go overboard in punishment, take away everything, shut everything down, stuck in your room 24-7, all of this. And really all you're doing is causing your child to want to hide more things from you yeah. in the future. Yeah, and also going back to what we were talking about, recognizing, man, the temptation has been so intensified. Like, it, it doesn't justify it. It's still totally. wrong. There still has to be discipline, accountability, like because on the opposite end, you also don't want to just shove it under a rug and say, hey, you know, kids are going to be kids. Like you got to deal with it, but you got to balance truth with grace and mercy and um, understand that, yeah, like you said, they're going to fall. Hey, we got one more question. We got to wrap it up. But before we do, we got a question. Y'all think we could do like a OnlyFans for Jesus? Technically, OnlyFans, I believe, doesn't promote themselves as a porn site. Yeah, they don't. Yes, yeah, so it's you a could. creator site, an yeah. exclusive creator site. So I think we could jump in, man. OnlyFans for Jesus. That's weird. I don't. I, do, I, <laughs> I don't know that we would get as much um, buy-in. I don't know. Maybe you. Yeah, I'm not. No, no. We just no. Anyway, uh, I, I do. I do want to. I do want to highlight something real quick before we jump to the last question just because it's a very public thing and you're talking about, I just want people to hear the importance of how you represent to your children. The lifestyle that you live Mm -hmm. is a directly Mm -hmm. impact on your children. Absolutely. This is a, a, you know, this is based on several different studies, not so this isn't from one specific study, but a culmination of a couple different studies. So we're talking about parents and, and one thing that's become widely accepted um that that isn't and shouldn't be accepted in christian culture is divorce mm-hmm. yeah certain studies have shown that daughters of divorced parents they have a 60 percent chance higher than 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 children that didn't have divorced parents of getting divorced in their marriages mm-hmm. and then uh sons have a 35 percent higher chance of getting divorced than student I mean than children that didn't have divorced parents. So sixty and thirty five percent and then listen to this, this is crazy. Fifty percent of all all students, all children will see their parents get divorced. Fifty wow. percent of that number will see their parents get divorced a second time. Wow. Mm. And 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 so that number for them it's just a pattern. Yeah, and it's a pattern set by the way that you have lived your life. You have a direct influence on how your children respond and how they live their lives. Doesn't mean they can't be different. Doesn't mean that they can't have a different path. You know, I, I come from a, a family that has divorced parents, mm-hmm. and you know, I I, I made a Courtney and I made a, a, a very strong. Hey, if we're gonna do this, we I'm, we're not gonna repeat. We're not gonna be that. Mm-hmm. 
And then I'm, but I'm teetering on that second 50% seeing the second marriage yeah. happen as well. I'm, I'm a, a part of that number. And, and I have rooted myself in the Lord to, to keep that from being the pattern that follows. So it doesn't have to always be the case, but you are an example mm. 100% to your children and divorce. And that, that percentage rate is just a very public wide example of, of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, divorced women who don't go to church are 62% more likely to create an OnlyFans account. <laughs> and 98% of statistics are made up yeah, on the spot. spot. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But uh, that would be an interesting correlation to see how the lack of engagement in the church, the um, correlation between... Uh, divorce and, um, you know, things like that, how it impacts. We talk about how it impacts the next generation. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it impacts the next generation or the the son or the daughter and their involvement in those things that we're talking about. Because I think that, that what statistics would show, again, that was a, a joke. I don't know if there are, are statistics about that. But um, I think what statistics would show is the more broken of a home and the, and the less of a positive example that is set for the children, the more likely they, they are to try to find their identity in these other things mm-hmm. that are leading them down paths of destruction. Yeah, for sure. Hey, one more question before we ask him this final question. Oh, gosh. If you gather around the table and don't have dinner, can you really call it a dinner table? Yes. Okay. All right. I don't know. You can. I'm fine with it. I was wondering wondering if it was a kitchen table or a dinner table. You were like, uh, they gathered around the dinner table, but they weren't eating dinner. Well, you can be around the dinner table waiting on dinner to be placed there. It just wasn't happening yet. Anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just giving you a hard time, Cam. I know that's that's happened before. Yeah, never. Uh, (laughs) So so wrapping up, uh, I know we've gone from kind of your focus, your story a little bit, and then looking at just kind of general student ministry. But I want to just highlight really just just briefly um, the heart behind – you know, it's, it's the church, but, but your student ministry behind what your vision, why the circle, um, and, and why you believe that's important based on the culture and where students find themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Um, so yeah, we're called the circle. And really, as we look at that, um, I want students to know that they're a part of the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in this. So if you, you look at a picture of a circle, it's representative of a family. Right. So first and foremost there. And so, like I said earlier, students want to be a part of a bigger cause of something bigger than themselves. Right. And so we want all of our students to know that they're welcome, that they are invited into the circle, into the family of God. And we can go on this journey together. Um, Our big mission statement that goes along with this whole idea of the circle is is in Christ unto others. And see, all of us as as we're on a personal journey with God. Um, It it really goes through this cycle of, all right, we need to personally and intimately grow closer in Christ, grow in Christ, and that should affect the way that we live, love, and serve unto others. And so it's this constant cycle of our life 
um, of growing in Christ and then now going and showing fruit unto other people, right? And so this idea of the circle is showing that that process over and over again. Um, and, you know, going into that, the, the greatest thing that we could ever tell a student is what their actual identity is, who they actually are, not what others think or what what uh, face they can put on a social media platform or present to the world, but who they actually are. And the truth is, is that students, they find their value alone in Christ. That's who who declares their value, who gave them their value in creation, um, and who sustains that value all the way through eternity. Yeah. And so um, going into that, like we want students to know who they are in Christ we want to know that they can be effective for the kingdom. They can live their life unto others. And we want them to be able to actually feel like they have people around them that are willing to do it with them. Yeah, mm, that's good. And this is the theme song for the Circle Student. Oh, gosh, right? what's coming? It is. This ain't it. This this is the dynamic student <laughs> ministry that's been launched at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Pace, Florida. The circle is all about the family of God. Play this every Wednesday night to, to kick off our student ministry. Mm. I'm just kidding. That's not it. <laughs> Mm. No, that's great. Uh, great vision, uh, biblical, uh, exactly what our students need, what the next generation needs, what our adults need. I mean, we are a part of a church family. We're a part of something much greater than ourselves, and our identity is in Christ, not that's what right. others say about us, not what the world tells us that we're supposed to be, uh, but in who we are because of what Jesus has done for us. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, uh, I know we went a little longer today on today's episode, um, but just uh, really thought it was a, an awesome opportunity to sit down and to to talk about what's happening student ministry wise at Emmanuel, but also to to look at student ministry in general mm-hmm. and to look at the importance of that. Uh, and so, super thankful one you know that you're here obviously with us on staff and that you get to to be a part of uh, bringing that heart and that vision to our student ministry and to reaching our students um, but also that you would you know sit down with us and and uh, talk to me and, and this goofball absolutely um, so uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah so um, we'll get you back on and and we'll, uh, we'll we'll explore some more things in the future for sure uh, if you'll if you'll come back. Uh, and uh so i mean i know it's a long trek from your office to <laughs> oh, over yeah. here so you know we've got to pencil it in so but the journey is long but he's willing to follow god wherever he leads it always comes back to that even if it's right <laughs> down the sidewalk that's right to the worship center <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> so anyway well we hope you guys have a great rest of your week or whenever you find this episode uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We're actually going to get into a little bit of what you talked about. We're starting our, our new series next week. It's called Help. And, um, and Help! You, you were talking about students feeling stuck and uh, you know stuff like that. And we're going to explore um, over the next couple of weeks some different 
some different things. Help, I, I feel stuck in this sin, or or help. Why do we do church this way? Or help? Why you know we're going to explore some different topics over the next couple of weeks, and uh, so I'm excited about that. And uh, so make sure you uh, you come back next week. We'll jump into the help series. This is Follow You Anywhere. We'll see you there. The Beatles are going to sue us. (laughs) It's going to happen. All right. See you. They've sued everybody else.